you're developing your international business, one thing is often forgotten, cultural differences. The Culture Matters International Business Podcast does exactly that. Focus on international business and cultural differences. Chris and Peter guide you through the maze of business and cultural differences in every podcast episode. Get the global perspective here at the Culture Matters International Business Podcast. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, or even good night as well. Welcome to the Culture Matters Podcast on International Business. My name is Chris Smith. And I am Peter van der Lende. You're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast on International Business. We are on episode 158 already, 158. And if you have not subscribed, that is actually a good moment to do so right now. You can pause this podcast and go to iTunes. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to Spotify or all those good good places where you can find podcasts. And that's one of them. Uh, and do subscribe to this podcast as well. The topic for today is North versus South. What are we talking about? In this podcast, we're covering the cultural differences, the, the big cultural differences between the different countries in the Americas. So we're talking about North America, Central America, and South America. That's the topic for today. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good morning from Atlanta. Good afternoon. <laughs> You're in Europe. Yes. In the cent- cent- central time, it's called, right? This is a Europe, it's a Central European time, I think. Yeah, well, whatever. Yes. Yeah, this is, an, this is a good topic. Uh, we, of course, both have experience with uh, the Americas. Uh, you have traveled, uh, I think, to may- maybe all countries, and I've uh, done so as well. And I lived, of course, in North and South. So I think it's an, an interesting topic because, especially if we look at the cultural dimensions, those are very, very different when it comes to uh, the differences between North and South. But yeah. also, uh, maybe uh, we need to talk a little bit about what, what about within uh, yeah. North and within South, right? Well, that's true. And, and, and what I hear many people say, typically, if you are uh, an, an American, in this case, I mean somebody from the United States or Canada. So we're talking about North America in this case, primary, in the beginning at least. Um, uh, an American like yourself, almost, Peter, will say, well, there is a difference between somebody from New York and somebody from California. Um, and of course, that's true to the extent that that is something that is visible to someone who has experience and pretty much vast experience as well. Um, because for a, a, a European, if you want, a European looking at an, at the United States is for, for a, a European, an, a, a gringo uh, is an American, is an American, is an American. And we don't even hear or don't even see where they're from. This goes from, for, for the South. Uh, of the of the Americas as well. For many people, and I'm one of them as well, I cannot even hear the the language differences that um, the different accents, dialects, and in, in Spanish, I, I still cannot make that out. Um, if I if I take it back to the country where I live, which is Belgium at this moment, after 15 years of living in Belgium, when somebody speaks from from Flanders speaks with me, I can actually tell where this person is from uh, by the different twist and the tongue. I can do that with a Dutchman and with a Belgian, but with an American, I find that difficult, if not impossible. And as far as I'm concerned, for a Spanish-speaking uh, American, so from the uh, uh, the South America part, I cannot make, I can I cannot tell those differences. And those cultural differences, they're there, but they're called intra-cultural differences. So not inter-cultural differences, but intra-cultural differences, the differences within a culture. Yeah. Okay. 
So what are the main differences then, Peter, between North and South America? And where does North America stop and where does South America begin? Yeah, that's, that's of actually a very good question because that always comes up. What is North America? What is South America? So to, and especially when you talk about differences in culture and language and, when, and all the differences that we're going to talk about here a little bit. By the way, the North and South thing in the, in the United States is also a real thing. And so if you, if you think about the Dutch versus the Flemish or the Flemish even uh, within Belgium versus maybe the, 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 the people from, the, from the Wallonia, uh, those are differences, but the, the, you mentioned New York, California. I think for the most part, the Americans are thinking in terms of also north and south. So it's very clear if somebody has a an accent and is from the south, it's, that's that's where the Americans a lot uh, talk mm-hmm. about a lot. So from Alabama or Georgia or or Mississippi versus uh, maybe Minnesota or 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 in New York for that matter. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about North and South America, yeah, North. In the cultural sense, and what we're going to talk about here, maybe it's better to say uh, the U.S. versus Latin America, and leave the, the Canadians or the U.S. Out. and Canada, then maybe. Yeah, maybe U.S. and Canada, but also the Canadians are seen as different uh, versus the Americans, uh, slightly mm-hmm. different. But of course, cultural speaking, I guess they're not that different if you look at the at least at the cultural dimensions. So you can say North America, you can say United States, Canada versus Latin America, because technically Mexico is also North America, if you yeah. look at the map, of course. Uh, so yes, there are differences. By the way, if you, I don't know if you want to mention the dimension real quick, Chris, uh, because uh, on all dimensions, the North and South are pretty much the opposites, aren't they? Indeed. If we talk about these dimensions, uh, I, we tend to use the four primary dimensions of culture, which are hierarchy individualism, goal orientation, and predictability, four primary dimensions of culture. And and typically when you follow Peter's uh, uh, reasoning in terms of North and South or Latin America, then you will see that there's a difference in hierarchy, there's a difference in individualism, there's a difference in goal orientation, and there's a difference in um, in predictability as well. So real quick, um, indeed, when you talk about Latin America, the hierarchy is high, and when you compare it to the North, uh, the Northern American, it's relatively low. The Northern Americans are tend to be quite individualistic, while the Latin Americans tend to be quite collectivistic. Um, goal orientation um, sort of in the U.S. is high, and Mexico is high, um, and then in the North of South America, hang on, the North of South America, it's still relatively high, but the further south you go in South America, the lower that score becomes eventually being process oriented. And when it comes to predictability, the fourth dimension, that is relatively low in the North and relatively high in Latin America. So those are the main, main, the main differences, if you want. Then yeah. I, I have a question for you as well, because you have somewhat more um, experience here. What are some differences within um, Latin America? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I've lived in uh, in a couple of countries, uh, some, somewhere like maybe six months, somewhere uh, a couple of years, uh, Venezuela three years, Mexico five years, and then in Panama like half a year, and Guatemala half a year, etc. And I've traveled to most countries in Latin America, and uh, it, it is... If if you you of course every country is different and mm-hmm. that's maybe a, a no brainer but if you want to put it into regions I always thought that the in 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 terms of West and East South America so that might be complicated but if you look at the 
west of South America. You're talking about uh, especially Peru, Ecuador. So the, the Andean countries, maybe part of Colombia, maybe parts of Chile, is very, very different from the west, from the east, for mm -hmm. and especially the northeast. Talking about Venezuela and Puerto Rico, maybe Cuba and some others. It's it's very Latin America, Caribbean Latin America, which is very informal. Uh, the people are compared to the to the West loud, uh, you know, music and salsa and all of that stuff is really uh, more of the East of uh, of uh, of Latin America, and the West is more a little bit more reserved. The people are a little more timid, a little bit more uh, holding back. Uh, versus, versus, and that creates, of course, also in business terms, a completely different environment where uh, in, in Venezuela, Puerto Rico, people are informal and uh, slap each other on the shoulder and, and are loud and take people out to drink and what have you. And then in, in, in the East, in the West, it's way, way more formal. And that was also the case when I moved from Venezuela to Mexico. That was one of the differences. I had to kind of completely adjust because I was making jokes and, and telling stories in Venezuelan Spanish, I guess, that the Mexicans not always understood or not always appreciated. So that's uh, definitely something to keep in mind as well. Indeed, it is. It is. Um, and, uh, and, and again, the point of this podcast is to illustrate the, uh, the business side of, uh, of doing business internationally and making you aware that these cultural differences uh, exist, where they are, that they can be overcome. And if you're able to deal with that, then indeed you could, you could get to your point, get to your business a lot faster. I can remember my first time. This is a, a, a private story, not so much business related. I want I wanted to see Caracas in the, the capital of Venezuela, so I went there on, on, on my private account on my own, and I hated it. I, it was horrible. I thought it was it was very aggressive. Uh, up until the, the third floor, there were bars in front of windows, etc. I, I, I just no, I couldn't. I didn't know how fast to get out of that. Then I came back for, for work and um, I was uh, with some people, some, some locals, some Venezuelans, and they took me, if you want, uh, to Caracas or through Caracas, through the back door. And that was a total, completely different world. Indeed, two, two bars, two cafes, and, and I just, I really had a ball there. It was really, really nice because, you know, if, if, if I would have, if I had to base my business decision on my first visit to Caracas, I would never have gone there. Um, but after the second time, I couldn't wait to come back again because I, I've seen I've seen Caracas in a total different um, different light as well. I guess you've experienced that as well, Peter. Yeah, I think there is uh, even some some research done on on that phenomena, which I think it's called the contact uh, theory. Uh, I call it actually the revolving door because I observed this myself as well. The revolving door is people going on vacation, right, or or people just for a quick business trip and they. They go to a country and they see something for a day or two. It can be a negative experience, uh, like you had, and suddenly all of Venezuela is is yep. is not nice, right? Or at least Caracas is not nice because you had a bad experience. You go home, you tell everybody it's horrible, and you never go back. Um, so that's that's the, what I call the revolving door. But um, if you actually take the time, and you did, because you now you went out with colleagues, they showed you the country from another side and the city. Yep suddenly became better i had a similar experience with somebody who i worked with my ex my, my partner who uh, of course uh, unfortunately passed away but he went to mexico on a business trip to a suburb of of mexico city where it was industrial and it was he like he hated it and he <laughs> he, he never wanted to go back 
yeah. then I went back with him on, on business, and I, of course, I knew Mexico City very well, so I took him everywhere, and he loved it. He wanted to go back uh, on every single opportunity he got. So this contact theory is, is really important also in business terms, because if you are an American, you want to do business in Latin America, and you go through the revolving door, and you see something you don't like, and you go back, you have to keep in mind it takes time. You need to go there. You need to get to know the people. You need to spend time there. You need to look at the country from different angles, including business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially, and I wanted to mention that, uh, Chris, uh, uh, because we're, we're talking a little bit about these these dimensions. Uh, we're talking about goal orientation and, and individualism, etc. One of the things that I think is very important in business, what is mentioned a lot is bureaucracy and corruption and how that north is versus south. And that, of course, relates to uh, predictability or yes. people want to call it sometimes uncertainty avoidance, which is very high in Latin America. People want to capture everything in rules and regulations. And also, if, a, uh, if, the, if it, that creates bureaucracy, that creates obstacles for doing business. The opposite is true in the United States. I can open a company on my cell phone today, and I'm in business the same day, mm-hmm. and I will do my tax return at some point, and that's about it. And you go ahead and go for it. In, the, in, the, in Latin America, I can tell you that's very, very different. I had to do uh, redo contracts multiple times, multiple times, just because my last name was spelled with a letter V, uh, you know, capital V as, a, as opposed to a lowercase and uh, everything had to be redone and, and things like that. So it's, 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 it's difficult from that angle. It is difficult. It's, it's difficult and it's different as well. And within these countries as well, with, within, say, Latin American countries, you will find a difference as well. It, again, a personal story from my side is that um, in Guatemala, what they, they use, it's a, it's a, they call it the numero NIT, N-I-T. Um, and, and I don't really, not really sure what it stands for. If you have any idea, Peter, then fill me in, in please. But you would need that. N-N-I-T. N-I-T in Espanol. And um, you need that if you want, for instance, if you want to buy a car or any any significant stuff that needs to be registered, you need this N-I-T number. So I came to this building where they issue that. Me as a foreigner, I don't have a Guatemalan passport. Um, so I, I, there's a queue, really a queue across the building almost, you know, the, around the corner, back, etc. And then, and I asked somebody, how long do I need to wait? And they said, well, at least 45 minutes, two hours could be as well. So, but I, I had no option. So that's what I did. I stood there. Within 10 minutes, I was out. I had my, my, I had that specific number that I came for because they were so, so well oiled. It was a well oiled machine like that. Um, so that was surprisingly fast. After that, I went to Walmart, uh, which is in Guatemala as well. I bought a, bought a motorcycle there. And inclusive of the motorcycle was, well, okay, was a helmet, the motorcycle, of course, itself. And also the the, the paperwork for getting my, my license plate. This was around Christmas. And on average, this would take about three weeks. And But the sales lady said, well, it might actually take five weeks because of Christmas in between. I understand that. That's fine. Know how long it took, Peter, to get my, my, my license plate? It no. took five months to yeah. get my license plate. <laughs> Just, and, and that is an incredible, I mean, that's an incredible setback. Typically, if, you're, if you are in business and you want to move forward and you have to wait for stuff to happen in order for you to actually do business. 
Um, so you have to take that into account, indeed, the, the, the things that go really, really fast in countries that score low on this predictability, like Canada, like the United States. You d don't expect the same kind of um, uh, quickness, fastness in, in any Latin American country. Yeah. Um, if, I, if, I, if I continue, just a brief um, um, elaboration on, on the North and South uh, in South America and maybe Latin America as well. You know, talk about the whole of Latin America from Mexico to Punto Arenas, if you want, is, is that the further south you go in, in Latin America, the less goal-oriented uh, or, if you want, the softer the culture tends to be. If you compare, for instance, business, um, uh, the goal orientation in Mexico is quite high. So um, uh, the Mexicans are are willing to win go getting um, and and you know competitive etc something that you don't really see back in a country like chile where uh, which i think is the most prosperous uh, in terms of society prosperous country in latin america because it scores much more process oriented and, and hence is a lot less uh, less competitive which increases the, um, the the quality of life in a country like chile in this case um, yeah you're going to say something about uh, cultural trends and social behavior and stuff like that, right? Yeah, well, before I do, uh, the, the, the goal orientation, I think it's, uh, it's maybe good to remind uh, people exactly what that means because it can be confusing for people to hear that uh, certain countries, certain cultures, such as Mexico, are very high goal-oriented. And then Dutch, for example, the Netherlands, where we are originally from, are not. So it might be confusing to say, well, wait a minute, so a Dutchman is not goal-oriented and a Mexican is? Well, what, what it relates to is also, it's, 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 it's referred to masculinity and femininity. I prefer to call it the journey versus the destination mm -hmm. in the sense that for the Dutch, it's very important. The journey is almost as important, if not more important, than the destination itself. And for an American, including a Mexican... Uh, it is actually uh, more the goal as such or the destination as such is more important. So it's not that the Dutch are not goal-oriented. The way to get there is very important to them yeah. and it's less important for an Mexican or an American on how to get there. That's true. That those are those are good points. And in addition to that as well, so that that's I like that destination versus. Uh, um, how did you call it? Destination versus. I call it uh, the, the the journey versus versus destination. The journey, yeah, journey versus destination. Um, another thing that that you that you might actually um, uh, lose your teeth over as well, if you, I mean, talk about time as well. I mean, we all know this mañana mañana concept of typically Spanish speaking or Latin American countries. Um, but of course, you know, it's it's when you have an issue like that when it comes to time management. In this case, you know, suppose you have um, you are an American and um, you. You're waiting for your Mexican colleague to show up or your Mexican business partner to show up. And, of course, stereotypical, this person is late. Now, whose problem is that? Now, my concept is, is that this is the problem of the American in this case, because the American appreciates punctuality and the Mexican is more, well, flexible with that as well. So um, the fact that this Mexican is late is not the problem of the Mexican. The problem is lies with the American who has this issue with punctuality and who wants things to be punctual. And that's, so the issue is much more internal than it is external, internal within the American, in this case, in comparison to the Mexican. You agree yeah. with that? 
Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this also in other contexts, Italians versus the Germans, and I think the the, the same applies somewhat to uh, the Mexican or the Latin American versus the the North American, uh, the American from the United States. Uh, But uh, we always have this back and forth between us when we talk about this, because I think it's context-dependent, or if you will, uh, yes, if you are the American and the Mexican is late, then the American might take offense or is, is annoyed or feels that he's not being, being taken seriously or his time is not respected. And so he has the problem. But I would say, well, if you, if you have, if you're a Latin American and you work in Minnesota, uh, in the north of the United States and you're always late, uh, you will have a problem, right? I mean, you, you mm-hmm. will be uh, fired at some point because you always show up late. But I also have to say, by the way, yes, uh, the Latin Americans are more on the flexible time, uh, on, on the scale of the, f- uh, on the flexible, uh, uh, side of the, of, of time, uh, versus the American is, is more linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in business, uh, the Latin Americans, yes, you might be late, but it's not like I'm showing up an hour or two hours late for a business appointment either, right? That happens in social life, yes. In fact, don't be on time when somebody invites you at seven o'clock p.m. seven mm-hmm. seven o'clock at night, and don't show up at seven in Latin America. That people people will not appreciate it. Yeah, in the, in the United States, that would be considered normal, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. That, so, I mean, in the U.S. Uh, and Canada, uh, things go much more by appointment as well. So, and then and you have you cannot just drop into in into somebody's house and say, "I'm here. Is there any coffee?" Um, which is which is something that you can do a lot easier in uh, in Latin American countries, at least that's my experience. And the same holds true, of course, with business meetings and, and situations like that. You cannot just simply hold a in in the north. You cannot simply hold a meeting. Everything goes by appointment and uh, is time regulated, and that's something to keep in mind as well. So keep in mind that those those things with hierarchy as well. That's a great difference. The fact that people are much more relationship oriented. So when you are doing business uh, and you are from the north and you're doing business in the south, uh, who you know is really important. And if you are from the south, and I mean Latin America in this case, and you want to do business with the um, with the Americans, it, it's it is a lot less important to actually you know build that relationship. I'm not saying it's unimportant. I'm just saying it's less important. And the north is much more task driven than the south is. Um, in this case, uh, time is important. We talked about that as well. What else did we cover, Peter? Yeah, well, uh, we we talked about uh, the, most of the dimensions. So, some of some some of the dim- some of the the observations fit into the dimensions. Uh, there is also talk about, of course, about uh, it's called it on the on the on on the, on, the, on the scale on some other scales. Uh, there is mention of, for example, uh, the task versus relationship. It's called trusting, right? How do you trust? Well, mm-hmm. uh, the Americans are task-related, uh, and the Latin Americans are, that's the cliche, and it's also true, more relationship-focused. So the, you need to build a relationship before you can just uh, go to the task. And, of course, an American can take a plane, fly to a destination, do business, and hop on the plane back and say, okay, I'm doing business here. Yeah, in Mexico, that doesn't go very well. Uh, I mean, my lunch and uh, lunches with clients or potential clients uh, started at 2, 2 p.m. and ended at 5. Um, and that's so only that's lunch, the, right? And that's lunch, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that th- those are important things to, um, to keep in mind as well. Uh, at the end of the day, of course, we're talking here about how if, if 
the difference between North and South, and if you want to do business as a Latin American, North America, or vice versa, I think we, what we always try to tell the audience is just know that you look at the world through your own filters and lenses, uh, as per what I, my, one of my favorite books, uh, The Wisest One in the Room, and therefore you need to understand your own culture first, right? So you need to understand, I'm coming in here, into the United States as a Mexican or a Chilean or something, uh, or, or from Venezuela, and therefore uh, I'm taking my culture with me and I'm looking at uh, the United States through those filters. And I need to understand that I'm doing that, and, there, and if I see the differences between what they are doing and how I view it, then you can build the bridge and you can kind of fix it. Otherwise, you might be just turning around to say, I don't understand it here. These, these guys are crazy. I cannot do business here, right? So you need to understand where you're standing uh, first, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, that's, that's the beginning point. That's the standpoint that we take as well. Um, there, Of course, there's more to say about these differences and, and uh, we're not done with this. Well, and not with explaining all the differences. We're not going to explain all these differences as well because you know, the idea behind this podcast is to give you a better understanding of the other culture, the other side, the North versus the South, uh, the South versus the North, this case, looking at the, uh, in this case, looking at the Americas in, in general. Um, and that indeed by understanding the cultural differences and being able to competently deal with them as well, it will help you in doing your, your business faster. And if you do, can do it faster, you will probably save some money on the side as well. Any last words from you, Peter? Because we're about 30 minutes into the recording, and I think we tend to sort of uh, round it off in about 30 minutes. Any last words from you? Maybe only as a last word, which, which is not really the uh, a, a difference in culture, but uh, language, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is, uh, it, I, I was going to say it is what it is, in the <laughs> sense that, yes, uh, language does matter. I mean, you can build Latin America is relation, a relationship-based culture, and relationships are simply better built if you speak the language. Because mm -hmm. if there's a somewhat of a language barrier, it just makes it a little bit more difficult. So it, I do recommend for uh, people who are serious about doing business in the United States to speak English well, and vice versa, to put some real effort in speaking Spanish or Portuguese or whatever your, de your destination might be. Yes, indeed. Good point. Yeah, thank you for adding that as well. Well, we've come to the end of this podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, do so by going to culturematters.com. There are several ways of um, either getting in touch with us by phone, uh, WhatsApp works as well, and email, of course, the old-fashioned email. Okay, well, that's the end of number 158 podcast, North versus South. If you have not subscribed yet, then please do so in um, in iTunes, Stitcher, or uh, Spotify. And if you are in iTunes there, uh, if that's the go-to place for you for your podcast, then please leave us a review. That will be really appreciated. The music you hear in the background is from Ben Sound. Ben Sound. Check them out at bensound.com. I'm Chris Mitt. And I'm Peter van der Lende. This was the Culture Matters podcast on international business. We will be back in, I guess, a couple of weeks, uh, Chris. You will be uh, traveling, in fact, uh, to the, uh, to the uh, areas uh, we just discussed. So it, uh, we don't know exactly when the next one will be, but uh, let's call it a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, we, but we will be back definitely. If you want to hear more, two weeks ago in number uh, 157, we were interviewed, Peter and I were interviewed by Leonardo Marra. He is an Italian actually, but, but based and stationed in Shanghai. So make sure you check out that episode as well. Um, you listened back to it, Peter, and you actually liked, liked our own interview, right? I did like it, yes. Okay. All right, then. Well, that's it. Thank you so much. And um, we'll be back soon. Take care. Bye. Overlooking cultural differences when you're developing your business internationally can be the biggest mistake you can make. Let Chris and Peter help you avoid those mistakes. Get in touch now. Go to culturematters.com.